Life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. Soren Kierkegaard Welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I am looking forward to sharing this moment with you. Oxford Languages defines the word time as the indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present, and future regarded as a whole. It can also be described as a point of time as measured in hours and minutes past midnight or noon. And that is only the beginning, for there are many meanings embedded in this four-letter word. I am delighted that Dr. Valerie Peachy has joined me on Tea, Toast, and Trivia to share her insights on our relationship with time throughout our lives. Valerie has lived many adventures and continues to add new adventures to her life story. So put the kettle on and add to this exciting discussion on Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Welcome, Valerie. I have been looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, Rebecca. I've been looking forward to it as well. It's always such fun to talk with you. And to think that we have connected Spain and Canada in the matter of seconds. I'm in the morning. And I'm in the evening. But the time zones are different. We are living in a continuum of time. We are. That is very, very true. The continuum of time between Spain and Vancouver. Valerie, you have lived in many countries around the world, and now Spain is your home. Is time viewed differently depending on location? I would say yes. In my experience, time is viewed very differently depending on one's location. I guess I noticed the biggest contrast, of course, between Spain and Canada. In Spain, time is regarded very differently. For example, at home, we would normally eat or have people over around 6.37, maybe eat around 7.30 or 8. But in Spain, nothing really begins until 9 o'clock. And then your meal might not be till 10 o'clock. It might finish around midnight. But then, of course, you will always usually have something going on after dinner. So you're up until one or two in the morning. And I never thought I'd be able to do it. But you do. And you don't even feel tired. Is it because of the weather or is it tradition? I think it's cultural. It still happens in many villages and town. There's the afternoon siesta. After the siesta, people will often go back to work for a few hours. Let's say your siesta finishes about 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. They still go back to work till most likely 8 o'clock. And then their night would begin. 
The other interesting thing I have noticed is that the major meal of the day, lunch is usually about two o'clock in the afternoon. So lunch can last from two to four. Then they might have a quick siesta. Then they go back to work. And then when they have dinner, their dinner is usually something light, a tapas or a, a little what we would say is a snack or an appetizer. They don't tend to eat a heavy meal in the evening. Although if you're out at a formal gathering or a formal event, you do eat later. And you were able to just adapt to that very easily. I must say, maybe it's because I'm having such a good time. Good time. There's that word again. You seem to adapt. The next day you might have to have a little rest. I was just out recently at an event, and I didn't get to bed till 3 o'clock. And I was up at 8 the next day. It was great. I had a wonderful evening. So time is adaptable. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Time is adaptable, and we are adaptable to time. That is very interesting. We are adaptable to time, especially if we're having a good time. We give personalities and characteristics to time, don't we? I think we give maybe personalities to it. A good time, a bad time. Reflective time, a generous time. Yes, we do. We can describe it in a number of different ways around time. I don't have enough time. I have too much time. Humanity has always had this dance with time. We try to control it. We try to bring it to us. It's our time, and we want to make sure time is on our side. Isn't that true? It's almost like time becomes this object that we want to possess instead of living it. We never say, I'm living in time. You might say, I got there in time. We want to possess time. I think we should live time. Val, you give us thoughts. I think that's what I really appreciate about our conversation, is that you bring out ideas that we can reflect upon and embrace into our own experience. And time is something that we have difficulty with. We do often have difficulty managing it, living it, experiencing it, the many facets that there are of time. There's that interwoven narrative of our life. Yes, it is. It becomes this tapestry where one thread links to another and is dependent almost on the other parts of it. As a non-traditional, semi-retired university professor, you have a passion for helping others. You help them create and realize their dreams. You believe in open pathways and have designed online courses which allow individuals many opportunities to reach their personal and professional goals. Now, this is unhindered by geographical or time constraints. Do you see technology giving us the ability to master the use of time? 
I think that's a great question, Rebecca. I think it's the opposite. Technology has become our master rather than allowing us to master time. Because how often when we're out do you consult your phone? Oh, I might have a message here. Somebody wanted to get a hold of me and I can't possibly wait two or three seconds before I respond. How often do you see people in a group out for dinner, uh, out for coffee, really focusing on the time they are spending together rather than pulling out their phones? I even notice that here sometimes. You're out for a social event and lo and behold, people are on their phone. It really takes away from the one-on-one interaction we should be having and enjoying the time that we've said we would spend together. I don't think technology has allowed us to really master time. I think it's become the master of our time. We live in a productivity-obsessed world, and it is easy to evaluate our value by the amount of work done in a day, the amount of connections we've made, the amount of social events that we have attended. We read books and take courses on time management to organize our lives for simplicity and efficiency, and even our time of meditation and reflection is scheduled. So we believe the more we accomplish, the better the use of time. The question is, is this a viable benchmark? Since I have left Canada and North America and lived in other countries too, I'm going to go out on a limb here a little bit and say that I think the value of productivity and time management is probably a North American construct. Because if we think back to my comment earlier around lunch, the siesta, here, a two-hour lunch is not uncommon. You'll enjoy the person's company. You'll laugh. You will enjoy that moment in time. North America, we're put under pressure, under a microscope. Well, what have you done today? How have you managed your time? Instead of thinking, were you happy? Did you feel satisfied with what you've done? We don't seem to consider the concept of personal satisfaction. And maybe a lot of people are happy when they've got their list of things to do. And at 10.10, I'm doing this. And at 10.30, I'll meditate for five minutes. And at 10.45, I'll get up from my desk and walk around because my Fitbit's telling me to do that. But really, I'm not sure it's healthy, and it's very almost regimented. Where is the time for personal creativity? Where's the time for you to just take a breath and sit down? You have to have the time, I believe, to sit down and just relax. Give your brain a time, you know, time to clear itself. Give your body a chance to perhaps catch up with your mind or your mind to catch up with your body. How do you think we can change our attitude to time 
if we are drawn into a productivity mode of operation. If that's the cultural value in which people are working, if that's what is valued in the society, it's only by changing that value that that is going to change. Over the last two or three years, we've had to change as a world because of the pandemic. Now, that has changed society to think differently about what is it that we really want. The words that are being bantered around now are the great resignation. When people look at their jobs differently and say, I'm not certain that I want to be here at this moment. So you are right, Valerie. The change in a society comes when something prompts the transition to something else. I really think it does. Words that you just used, the great resignation. So a lot of people then, I presume, are taking the time they had during the pandemic to really identify perhaps other alternatives. We want to know what is next as if something important is about to happen. In so doing, we miss the extraordinary time of now. The issue is that we never think of the present as extraordinary. The present is usually used to look back or to plan forward, never about the now. Could you comment on that thought? We do often reflect on the past and think of the future. You have to plan for a rainy day. Think of tomorrow. Oh, wasn't that great when we did X, Y, or Z? It was such a good time, or it was a sad time, or it was a stressful time. But the focus, I think, is either on the past or the future. The focus is rarely on being in the moment, like we are now. We're focused in this conversation, talking about Time. Time has always been a challenge to humanity because we must blend the finite with that ambiguous word infinite. The present is all that is ours for any given moment. But how do we use now? How do you find that you use now? How I try to use now, it may not be how I always do it, is to live with a purpose. Whatever your purpose is, if it's to make you happy, then you want to spend that precious amount of time doing things that are going to fulfill you. Because we're stepping on the stage of life. It's showtime. This is the stage. We're living our life. It is a drama sometimes. It's a romantic comedy sometimes. It's romantic sometimes, it's heart-rendering sometimes, but, you know, the curtain's going to fall for all of us eventually. So we just have to make it as brilliant and bright as possible so that our hearts are open, our smiles are wide, and our actions are generous and kind. And every person has a story sharing the same space of time. It's almost serendipity how you are put together with individuals who normally you would not encounter. When you start looking at the other connection, a a larger 
picture. We may not have enough time to figure it out, but the time that we do have, I do feel that we have to make the most of it. It's like a tapestry, that there's one thread that goes through and another that intertwines another. Do we understand the privilege of being an active participant in this tapestry? You know, when you see somebody making a tapestry or weaving, you can really see how it comes together. Supports going in one direction and the other one in the other direction. The tapestry around us, the tapestry of time, will be much bigger act that we experience are only part of this grand design or a grander picture in life because there's many more little vignettes. It's almost if you close your eyes and you picture a story being made, different epochs of time, different moments of time, different people coming in and out in all of this, into our lives and out of our lives. Heraclitus, from his work Fragments, wrote, Time is a game played beautifully by children. Could you tell me how you play the game? How do I play the game? I guess I play the game with a sense of adventure, a sense of openness, or a sense of an awareness maybe that my time is finite and I don't want to waste a minute of it. It's too precious. If we are living our purpose, it's really important that we support as much as possible each other in this game of time. I really feel if we're looking at time and how it impacts our life and the moments that we are actually present here on Earth and being an active participant, it is how we play the game, how we support our teammates, friends, our families, our colleagues. How do we engage them? How do we encourage them to open their hearts, to take in as much of this precious commodity that we have? Because it is finite. I'm living it every day, and I'm blessed and happy. As we leave this conversation, which I don't want to leave, do you have any last words? Before we go, this is something we can all think about, and if anybody has the answer, I hope they let you know. Because the question is, why does time seem to go faster and faster and faster the more we live or the older we get? So if anybody has a good answer to the question, I'd love to hear it. And those are my last words. And it's just been a fabulous conversation. I've so enjoyed it. You have terrific energy. And it comes across all the different time zones that we're in. So thank you very much. 
A very special thank you, Valerie, for sharing your insights on living in the now, embracing our personal adventures, welcoming new challenges, pursuing new sources of meaning, and ways in which we give back to our communities, both local and global. You are an inspiration to me, and I know that wherever you go, Valerie, you make a difference, and that gives me great comfort. Listeners, thank you for joining Valerie and me on Tea, Toast, and Trivia. We would enjoy reading your thoughts and ideas on time and what is next is now. Until we meet again, dear friends, keep safe and be well.